0: Hi, my name is Nikki Underhill. You may not know me, but I'm just like little orphan Nanny. I'm an orphan. And just like her, I had a hard knock life. And in the beginning, it was very hard. I went through a lot, and I did get in a loving family. But the hard part still came, even after I was adopted. This is my story. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first episode, true episode, of Orphan Diaries with Nikki Underhill. That's N-I-K-K-I-U-N-D-E-R-H-I-L-L. And, as the show suggests, I will be letting you know, ahead of time, that there is a disclaimer for all parents and guardians. This is views, Discussion advice, and Parents Guidance, rated M for Mature, for Violence, Language, and Suggestive Situations. You have been warned. Episode 1 Well, where do I begin? First of all, I'll begin with my name My name is Nikki Underhill And I, just like little orphan Nanny Was once an orphan And I got into a loving family Thanks to love, hope, and luck So, I'll begin at the very beginning of my birth I will say These Part of this life of mine, the beginning, from birth to coming to the United States, I only remember based on what my mother told me. And many things, only what she was told by the people down in my country. And there are parts that I, too, remember. Maybe not everything, but I do remember. Now, I will let you know if I truly remember, and I was honest as much as I possibly can. Now, as far as my birth, my mother, my biological mother and my biological father, well, on my birth certificate, it says mother and father unknown because they have an idea who the mother may be as far as her name, but they have no idea who she really is. And with my father, they don't even have a name. Now, in That idea The mother's name Always comes last And the father's name comes Second to last And then there's a middle name And then there's a first name Now My father's last name would be Alvarado My mother's last name Would be Zuniga Z-U-N-I-G-A And Alvarado A-L-A-V-A-R-A-D-O Now, as I was saying, there's no record of my parents, so I am truly an orphan. But I wasn't immediately put into an orphanage, you see. At the beginning, my mother, for whatever reason, some say she was a prostitute, some say she was too poor, some say she just couldn't take care of me, and some others even say she was homeless or she was just too young. And for whatever reason, couldn't take care of me. She gave me to her sister, my biological aunt. Who, to this day, because of her, I have a scar on the left side of my stomach. More specifically, under my left chest. Breast chest. um, Where my stomach is, there is a mark that is black. Well, now it's more a light brown, and that is from a cigarette burn. So, that's how nice my biological aunt was. Not to mention, she was physically abusive, where she would hit me, and verbally abusive, where she would yell at me. And, to my knowledge, from what I was told, she, at times, was also neglectful. So, how about that? Right off the bat. Neglect, physical abuse, verbal abuse. And you can mix in emotional abuse as well. Four abuses right off the bat. So you can see how that would instill certain feelings, ideologies, and beliefs into me. Now, the worst thing my biological aunt did, I would have to say, is the fact that during a thunderstorm... She left me in front of a cathedral in the city of San Pedro Sula. That's my hometown. My birthplace. San Pedro Sula. S A N P E D R O S U L A. Cortez. That's the county. C O R T E S. In the country of Honduras in Central America. Honduras. H O N D U R A S. Now, when she abandoned me, it was raining real bad and thunderstorming and lightning, and that is why. In fact, note that to this day, I have a problem with thunderstorms. I'm, in all honesty, I'm very afraid of them, and I get scared. And there are times when I will hold on to my stuffed animals. That's right. I'm 31 years old, and I have stuffed animals. It is what it is. And I will hold on to them Especially when it's thunderstorming Because I get scared like a little child That's just how I am Being honest And the year of my birth is October 19th, 1989 So it is now July And um, Yeah July 2021 So my birthday is coming up So happy birthday to me Early birthday As I was saying Once I was given up, you would think, well, that's the end of me. Well, obviously it's not, because I'm here. In my country, in the 90s, back then, it was war-torn, because it was going through civil war. So there were soldiers on the streets, on every corner, all the time, shooting each other, gunfire, explosions, people getting killed, all the time. Throughout the whole country. Now, mind you, it was in Central America, so there was other countries that were having civil war, and they were all fighting with each other as well. There's Honduras, my country, formerly known as British Honduras, Belize, also have civil war, Costa Rica, civil war, Nicaragua, El Salvador, and Guatemala, all three, civil war. And then there's Panama, and then there's Mexico on the on the top part, huh? and then there's Colombia, it's the beginning of South America. So, now, as far as the country, when I was there in the 90s, there was an organization that was an orphanage in the capital, way down south. I'd probably say at least 500 miles easy. And, uh... And it was known Not to me as far as the actual name But it was the State run orphanage Of Honduras Meaning it was in the capital Of Tegucigalpa Don't ask me how to spell that But um The Country, the government would Owned the orphanage And ran the orphanage So and what they did was They would go out throughout the whole country All the time finding children that were homeless or parents that didn't want to take care of their kids anymore for whatever reason and not just their parents but their guardians because sometimes their guardians were not their parents or they would go to the hospitals finding children who had nobody for whatever reason maybe the mother died and she had no one so they kept them at the hospital they would find children they found me in front of the cathedral which was big and yellow in San Pedro Sula so, they took me to the capital and put me in an orphanage. Now, to give you an idea of what this orphanage is at, close your eyes. Put yourself in this situation. Imagine a building, okay? A very big building. And there's two sides. Boys on one side. Boys, girls on the other side. And each side have maybe five to 800 children. All ranging from age 0 to 18. Why? Well, because at 18, the children would be aged out or kicked out or let go, meaning they could no longer stay there because they were adults and they had to fend, quote-unquote, fend for themselves. That's just the way it was. I mean, there was nothing you could do about it. And, um, yeah, that's how it was. And there was bad food, bad water. I mean, to give you an idea, from what I remember myself... Not just from what I was told, but from what I remember, the water was brown, a lot of dirt, a lot of minerals, didn't taste good. In fact, it was stagnant and stale tasting. And the food, you had really hard bread that was burnt with mold on it. And the food, a lot of the food had worms and, and just stuff in it that was nasty and mold. And a lot of the products were spoiled or outdated and should have been thrown out. Because we got stuff that a lot of the other places, like restaurants or people who donated their food, would get that was already spoiled or outdated. In fact, we would even get food that came from garbage. And a lot of us, especially when we turned 18, would go and venture out and we would go to these dumpsters and dumpster dive for food because it was all we had. It was just the way it was. Fortunately for me, I got adopted. But, I'll get to that in a second. Maybe, I'll get the actually, I'm sorry, I'll get that in the next episode. Now, as far as the orphanage, how was the orphanage like? Well, I can tell you right now, the staff, there was limited number of staff. A lot of them were overworked. Overtired Didn't care Didn't get paid enough And there was at least 500 kids They had to watch And a lot of the Staff members Were abusive They were verbally abusive Physically Maybe even sexually abusive In fact I know that for a fact Because I was abused Now who did it I don't know Their faces I don't remember Their names I don't remember But I do remember being Molested Raped prostituted, physically abused, neglected, mentally, verbally, psychologically abused. Just the way it was. And I would cry for hours and hours and hours. And they wouldn't do anything. They'd just leave me there crying for like three, four, five, six hours at a stretch. Just the way it was. And I'm not saying I was, you know, perfect kid. I was... Especially from what my mother, my adopted mother, but I'll just call her mom, from what my mom said, from what she remembered when I was down there, I was a bad kid. In fact, she said when she first saw me the first time, just to see me, she saw that I was looking out of the bars of the windows because yes, there were bars on the windows. And she, being a teacher with special ed and LD students and SBH and CD, and handicapped and multi-handicapped students, she saw me from the outside when she walked up and she could see that I had problems. And she always told me that she had a chance to just walk away and get another dog. But she said she chose to get me anyways because she wanted to make a difference. And this... And not just the staff members were abusive But also a lot of the older boys They were abusive I remember Like I said Names and faces I don't remember But I do remember being abused Also there was another child Who I was mean to His name was Charlie I, I don't remember what he looks like But I remember his name was Charlie And I was skinny Like very skinny Not only my skinny But small built, small frame. That's why when you see me, you can't tell that I weigh 280 pounds today. I'm 5'6", but I'm small frame. Very small frame. In fact, if I shave my beard completely and have long hair, you would think that I'm probably maybe 15 or 16 or 17 years old. In fact, when I was 18, I went to a restaurant and see. There was a waitress who thought I was 9 years old. So that gives you an idea about how small of a frame I am. Even though I am 5'6", I'm still kind of small for my size. Now, most of my weight is in my stomach. So, if I have my shirt off, you can tell I'm a big person. And yes, I'll be honest. The most I ever weighed was 294 pounds. The least I've ever weighed in my lifetime was, well... Obviously, zero pounds. But as an adult, the least I've ever weighed was about 120 pounds. So, as you can see, I've gained in weight and lost weight many times. Back to what I was saying, though. The kids were abusive. The staff was abusive. The food was bad. water was bad. And we wore uniforms. And to my knowledge, the uniforms were blue. And there's even one picture that does exist in my household where can see me wearing a uniform, so, that's that, and, uh, like I said, the boys and girls were separated, very, very little toys, if any, and most of them were broken, I do not remember a TV, because I don't think there was a TV back then, um, from what I've seen today, because I've looked some of the stuff up, on line, there are more orphanages than just one now. And they're better managed, better staffed, better protected. They got more security. They got cameras. They get more people that come from all over the world donating in their time, money, and sweat, blood, and tears to, to help out. They get a lot of donations. The government gives them more funding. So that just gives you an idea of what they are now. 30 years later. But back then in the 90s, it was bad down there in in the third world country. And you see, to give you an idea of what type of child I was, you know those kids that you see in America, in the United States, where they say, donate a dollar, or 75 cents, or 50 cents, so this child won't go hungry in the Latin countries, or Asian countries, or Africa? Those kids, those crying kids that are super skinny, hungry, tired looking. That's who I was. That's me. I can relate to that. So when I see that, I get angry and sad at the same time. Because I know what that's like. Because I was one of those kids. And I was lucky enough to get a loving family. So. And maybe it it, that's how I became to grin and bear it. That's my ideology for a lot of different things. I learned to grin and bear it. To keep moving forward and not say anything. That's what was instilled in me. And it was instilled in me even more when I came to the United States. Because my mother is from the older generation. She's a baby boomer. And her parents are from the silent generation. So... That's what they did. They didn't say anything when stuff happened. They didn't talk about it. They didn't say their emotions. And that was instilled in me. Because most of the people, me growing up, when I was around... Unless it was school-related, I was around older people. So, that's what I was taught to believe. You don't say anything. And maybe it was a good thing. Maybe it was a bad thing. But I can't tell you this. I made me realize... That there are bad things that happen Don't get me wrong There's many great things that happen in life And many great things that have happened in the world But at the same time There are all bad things that do happen And I learned that from a young age To give you an idea With your orphanage Being in the middle of a civil war In a country that's war torn It was nothing when you heard gunfire or explosives You would just get down on the ground And wait until it was over and then you got back up, continue whatever you were doing. So one day, we were all playing, us kids, us little kids, very little, under two years old. Playing in the concrete playground. And mind you, it's hot sun, middle of summer and humid, very, very humid. And we're just playing like we usually do. And we heard gunfire. And there was another boy next to me. I don't remember his name, I do remember his face, but I don't remember his name, and uh, it was nothing, we got down, we all got down like we usually do, and I looked over while they were firing guns, and I saw that there was a bullet in his head, he was dead, not even two years old, I knew what death was, I realized what death was, I saw what death was. Not even two years old. And that was instilled with me. And I still, to this day, I remember it. I could see all the blood. His eyes open. His mouth still open. Blood out of his nose. Out of his head. Out of his ears. He was dead. And there was nothing I could do about it. And I was scared. Frightened. Worried. Petrified. Terrified. And at first, when I saw it the first time, the child being dead, I wasn't sure what had happened. I did not know it was called being dead. I just knew he wasn't moving. And then, they came. When it was over, the doctors came. They got him. And they put him in a gurney. And I never saw him again. I never talked about it. Until probably about five years ago. Till five years ago, I never really talked about it. Because I suppressed it, in all honesty. I didn't want to remember it. I forgot about it. Of course, there was times when I got older, I realized that he was dead. And that's what it was. So I suppressed it even more because I didn't want to remember it. But through therapy, I remembered a lot of things. And I... Started to talk about it with certain people. And, I, and it bothers me that me, being not even two years old, would experience such an experience. So horrifying, so horrific. And yet, there was no one to comfort me. No one to say, It'll be okay. Do you want to talk about it? This is how it is. These things happen. You're safe. It, no one was there to comfort me and to this day i'm like that little child all i want because i'm a scared little boy in a corner and all i want is for my mommy to come and hold me and say it's okay sweetie i'm here for you nothing's gonna happen to you it's okay now that's all i want don't get me wrong, my adopted mother has been very loving. She's given me so much, so many chances. She's paid for so many things. She's been there for all of my band practices, my band performances, my cross country meets, my performances for dancing. She's been there for so much. She's played games with me. We've made birthday cakes, we made cookies. We put up Christmas trees. She's made birthday parties for me. She's got me presents. On average, she would spend, for Christmas, $400 on me. Just me alone. no other siblings, because there are no other siblings. She would spend $400 on me. And from my knowledge, for years, I wouldn't get her anything because I don't know if it was a combination of me being selfish or not aware that I should get her something. But I would get all the presents. And she would spend four, $800 with her gifts on me for my birthday, Easter, Valentine's, Halloween, Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving, 4th of July. So you understand, she, she spent so much on me. And she spent time with me. And she was there for me. She made sure when I was sick, I went to doctor. When I was hurting, I went to doctors. When I got hurt... She made sure I went to the doctors. She made sure I took all my medications. She made sure I had all these surgeries, any surgeries that I may have needed. Because I was a very sick child. For instance, I had tapeworm because of the bad food and water. Now, if you don't know what a tapeworm is, a tapeworm is literally a worm that gets in your body from bad food, bad water. And when you eat, it eats what you eat. So you don't get any nutrition, nothing. Nothing. You don't gain weight. you pretty much starving because the worm inside you is eating everything that you're eating. Or at least what you're supposed to be getting. So, of course they gave me a pill and it went away. To, I'm going to be a little graphic, you pretty much shit it out. That's what you do, you shit it out. And I had a table. And... Another thing that happened was... I wasn't circumcised. By age four and a half... I still wasn't circumcised. My testicles didn't descend... So I had to have surgery for that as well. Uh, I couldn't see well. I couldn't hear well. I mean... I had to have tubes put in my ears. So I could hear. I don't have a hearing age. At least not yet. But I did have to have tubes put in my ears. And... I eventually needed glasses as well. So, yeah, I was a very sick child. But I survived because of my mom. My adoptive mom, I will call her mom. But because of my mom, she made sure I survived. And it wasn't cheap to get me. She had to go through a lot of rigmarole, paperwork, red tape, evaluations, house studies, case studies... She had to be vetted very, very intensely. She even had to pay $20,000 just to get me. I mean, she tried for eight years to get a child. And she finally gave up. And then I came around. And like she said, she had a chance to just walk away and get another dog. But she didn't because she wanted to make a difference. And. I wish I could go back in time every time I hurt her in any way whether it be mentally verbally emotionally psychologically any way I may have hurt her financially I wish I could go back and not do that stop myself from doing that I wish I could change it but I can't because knowing me now the person I am now I realized all the sacrifices she made So, that'll be in our next episode, the adoption part. So, I just want to thank you for listening, for your time and patience. I appreciate it, I truly do. And remember, please donate if you want to donate, and uh, keep listening. And I would keep telling you these stories, thoughts, ideas, beliefs, and opinions of my life and experiences. And I'll see you next time on The Orphan's Diaries. Thank you. And remember, you matter. Hi, my name is Nikki Underhill. What you just heard was the story of my life. And I want you to journey with me on a weekly basis to hear parts of my story, life experiences, happenings, and things that I have seen, done, or have been done to me. So please join me every week. I won't say when as a surprise. But I hope you enjoy it. So come along with me and journey with the Orphan Diaries.